Hello, everybody. You're listening to Spartan Crazies with Ryan and Tim. Uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, some of the new coaches that Mel Hire has, uh, Mel Tucker has hired. Uh, we're going to review the Nebraska game from last week, preview the Iowa and Maryland games for this week, go through a general outlook of how the Big Ten is looking right now, what needs to happen for MSU to get at least to share the Big Ten title, and make our picks on games. So... Uh, MSU has hired some coaches since we last uh, recorded. Uh, they hired Courtney Hawkins from Flint Beecher uh, High School. Uh, he is a former MSU wide receiver. He's going to be the receivers coach. Um, he uh, it, it's an interesting hire because um, he doesn't really he doesn't have any coaching experience in college. But he's a guy who has a lot of connections throughout the state of Michigan, obviously, and uh, specifically the city of Flint. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do. It's, uh, I mean, it's a it's a risky hire because you don't know what he can do as a coach at the college level. But I'm sure he will recruit well, and obviously Mel Tucker has made an emphasis on hiring recruiters. Um, also, uh. Ted Gilmore from Wisconsin, the wide receivers coach, was hired to be the tight ends coach. He has a decent amount of connections in the state of Michigan. He took two guys out of West Bloomfield High School uh, that were wide receivers uh, that MSU wanted a few years ago and uh, was able to get them to go to Wisconsin. So he's a good recruiter and has connections at big-name high schools, and uh, I'm I wonder. I would. I would guess that he's a guy who might be recruiting uh, Donovan Edwards, the big time running back out of West Bloomfield, for this next class. I mean, MSU's probably behind on that with the new staff, but uh, there's time to make up ground there. Last I saw, Ohio State was a school that he really liked. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, today, MSU announced they hired a new running backs coach. Uh, he. Uh, Mel Tucker's bringing this guy over, and he has, like, no, co- like, actual on-field experience as a coach, but um, his name is uh, Will Piegler. Uh, he's I, – I, this is the one hire that he's made that doesn't really move the needle with me, I guess, because he hasn't – really been an on-field coach for a big-time program. He was an analyst at Colorado with him. I mean, a lot of the – some of these hires – I'm, I'm not sure you'll see all these guys back after next year because MSU was kind of put in a bad spot with D'Antonio and how he – like the timing he retired. And it's kind of hard to bring in coaches, I feel, to like this late in the game. So I don't know if all these guys are going to be back next year. We'll see what happens. Uh. But I mean, I, I this this just doesn't move the needle for me. I, I would have liked them to hire Cedric Irvin. I mean, I know he doesn't have any real like big time coaching experience either, but he's a guy that I think the fan base would have been energized by for what it's worth. Um, also coming back, Harlan Barnett. They got him as the DBs coach. Really like that move. He has great experience with. Uh, DBs, Coach Darkes Denard, and uh, Trey Waynes, some really great defensive backs. 
So getting him as a DB coach is just a steal. I mean, I think he could have been a defensive coordinator here. He did a good job when he was a DC here. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. with. I mean, I think there's two spots open now. Uh, they haven't hired a defensive coordinator yet, and they have not hired a special teams guy. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm sure we're going to hear some news on recruiting once the dead period's over, so we'll try to keep you guys updated on that. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much everything for football I think we're going to talk about. So, Tim, go ahead, and we can talk about the Nebraska game. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh I guess there was just, you know, the only game last week um, was Nebraska. We're going to talk about that, but it's a really bad team that everyone kind of knew was going to probably lose to Michigan State. So for me, it's really hard to to really take anything out of this one um, as far as fans go. Like, do we feel better now? <laughs> I You shouldn't. Um, they were supposed to do this to Nebraska, so it's good to see that they could take care of that at least, right? All right. Um, first half, it's a little closer than we would have liked, but and that's they were shooting like 50% from three in the first half, Michigan State. They had a really good game from the three-point line, uh, 48.1%. Made 13. I don't know off the top of my head, but 13's got to be up there for... Most of uh, they've made in a game this season. Probably pretty close. Um, some notable people. Cassius Winston only missed one. He was 3 of 4. You really do like to see that. Um, Gabe Brown. Ryan, do you remember? I said this was his game to come back. Now, yep. he didn't get a dunk. He did have a drive that was pretty close to the rim, but it wasn't a dunk. Um, goes 5 for 8 from the 3-point line. I mean... One, that's really good, right? It's great. That's 15 points, not even counting anything else. Yep. But two, he's taking eight three-pointers? In other games, it almost seemed like he didn't even shoot. I think there was right. a couple, like, one-shot, you know, games total. And this is what we've been desperately, like, asking for. It's like Gabe to just come back. And you saw that. I mean, he made... Shot after shot after shot, and really looked like an actual uh, piece on this team. Adding four rebounds, you know, hopefully he can sustain that with the rebounds and keep going forth. Um, Aaron Henry, man, he had a great game. He did everything. Um, he had a pull-up jumper mid-range. He had uh, drives to the basket that were fierce and quick. Um, he had how many threes? He was one for four. He was one for four, but, I mean, he made a three. Um, in total, 13 points. He was four of six from the floor. Nine rebounds. And that's really... You're seeing his impact in the way that they need it. Now, he had three turnovers. That's okay because he had five assists. He was really in there on the assist game considering Cassius had six. Aaron was making plays. He was scoring, dishing, rebounding, everything. Had a steal that resulted in... I think maybe a three, but it was a definite bucket in the second half. I mean, that's what you want to see. Now, again, have to remember that this was Nebraska, who is 7-19 now, 2-13 in the conference. Pretty pretty not good team, but... They're bad. 
that's what you want to see. Um, look, the thing I was a little bit surprised with was Marcus Bingham just barely played. He didn't even play in the first half. And we had picked him out as a guy that we thought um, would probably, you know, have like a good game, right? Because of his size advantage in this game. Right. Didn't really even get a chance out there. Not sure what's going on there. Something to continue monitoring. Um, I'm building up to the main topic of this game, but, uh, you know, Xavier Tillman did his thing normally. Uh, 14 points. Five of five from two point. That's, he's not having much of a finishing problem anymore. Now, I missed his one three. I think that, let's click on him. I think that his three-point shooting is pretty putrid this year. 28%. It's not good. Um, I just don't really like his shot. Not his form. I mean, just the percentage he's making it. I don't think that he needs to take that shot. And with this small ball lineup that they're using with Kyle Arns, and this is what I've been building toward, he doesn't have to take shots anymore. They uh, played Kyle Arns 22 minutes. It's got to be his most all season, or if not, very, very close to it. Uh, he was hitting threes, making it look easy. He had an awesome pump fake three that sent the guy flying. Shades of Matt McQuaid. Um, he was just a really nice presence out there. And 14 points, you know, made it look pretty easy. Seven rebounds. Um, Kyle Arden playing the four defensively. You know, you give some things up, but you've got Cassius who can shoot. You've got Aaron, whose percentage speaks for itself. It's one of the better on the team when it comes to three-point shooting. Gabe Brown, you know, you saw what he could do in this game. We just need that more consistently. That's three shooters. Now the four has a Kyle Arns who's lighting it up. This is what, you know, this is where they're going to be dangerous. This lineup, you know, again, you can't play small ball against every lineup, but this is something you, you should uh, look at going forward. Um, that was really dangerous out there. They put it on Nebraska there at the end. And I think that really Michigan State just has more depth, more skill. And eventually they were going to pull away, even though it was close for maybe 30 minutes of the game even. Um, you know, some of their players really put up some fight, had some nice plays, had some nice shots. But in the end... Um, they are a bottom two team in the league. They are not good. Right. And they shot very bad from three. Um, but they were taking so many. They took 32. I mean, it's, uh, it felt like MSU took a ton. And they only took 27. <laughs> um, they shot really bad from three. But a lot of that was contested stuff. Um, it, it was the rebounds that... <laughs> And we talked about this. They're very undersized. This would be a game that if MSU is not rebounding all over a team like it's this. scary. That very scary. Um, Nebraska ends with 26 rebounds. Michigan State ends with 54. <laughs> or, no, 51. I take that. 51, yeah. Sorry. 51 to 26. Pretty much twice as many. And that's twice as many, you know, possessions extra you get. Now... MSU had a bad turnover problem, 22, doubled Nebraska in turnovers. But, you know, clearly the rebounding, the shooting, it was just far too much. Um, there's no way that uh, 
you know, you can overcome. <laughs> I guess there's a way, but it's pretty hard to overcome somebody getting 25 more rebounds. Right, than you. no doubt. Um, that's what you want to see. I think they Michigan State got on a plane and went to Nebraska to take care of business, and that's what they did. And they shouldn't really dwell on this long. They should take the good things away from it, move forward, because, you know, that's just a win that they had to have, absolutely. Um, and this week, which we're about to move into, this is where it gets real, guys. This is, you know, we're, March is around the corner. Um, so let's move into our games this week. Iowa, an opponent that MSU has not seen yet. Um, this game's on Tuesday. At home. Um, yeah, at the Breslin Center. Iowa's 10-6 and six in the league. Um, they are twenty tied with MSU right now. Yes, tied with MSU. We can go over the big. We're, we're gonna go over the, like the outlook on the Big Ten soon, but um, yes, tied with the uh, MSU. Um, they're twenty second in uh, Ken Palm. If you to gauge, Michigan State's eight. Um, Penn State's twentieth. MSU is the high. I think MSU is the highest ranked Ken Palm team right Yeah, which in the is Big Ten. Still, <gasps> sorry, which is still crazy, but um, you know, a solid team. I think. We'll go over the roster, but you know they have a very strong offense. Number five on Ken Palm. Defensively, they're pretty bad. Yeah, number ninety-two defensive adjusted uh, efficiency, and that is pretty uh, typical. Yeah, Fran McCaffrey's teams have been fun offensively and pretty bad defensively. Um, you know, you look at some of these their losses. They gave up one hundred and three to Michigan. They gave up 93 to DePaul. Um, 83 to San, San Diego State. It's a good team, though. Um, 100 to Purdue. 89 to Indiana. Um, 104, per, 104 to Purdue. Looks like, yep. Oh, my Lord. I mean, it's... <laughs> 90... No. They, they, no. It's a really run-and-gun sort of style. But, um, you know, they're shooting 35% from three as a team. They're... Not bad, you know. I'm. You're gonna see some shots being made. Um, Sounds like CJ Frederick might not. He's a game time decision. Yeah. So we go through the roster. Um, as he said, CJ Frederick, who is a freshman, but you know, three point shooter. Good uh, three point shooter at forty six point seven percent. I mean, when it comes to the three point shooting, the numbers say he's the best three point shooter on their team. Um, by a pretty large margin. So it would be, I guess, in MSU's favor if he weren't to play. You know, you're losing a dangerous shooter. Um, we're pretty familiar with a lot of these guys on the team. Luca Garza, um, he is number two on sort of player of the year, Ken Palm. That is because his stats are off the charts. I think everybody's been paying attention to Big Ten this year um, probably knows about what he's been doing. Not only can he shoot the three at 38% and the same amount of uh, volume as Frederick we just talked about, um, he's just dominant down low on the block. Uh, finishing 60% of his shots, which is you know top 150 in terms of percentage on Kempon. Um, he gets tons of fouls drawn, uh, 6.5 per 40 minutes. And that's because he's getting it down low, 
being physical and they're trying to stop him from getting these easy buckets and it's been pretty hard. Flip side, defensively, he's top 120 in block percentage. Um, defensive rebounding, top, well, he's 164th. Offensive rebounding, 75th. I mean, it's just lighting it up everywhere. Um, he is a ton of usage for this team. Percent possessions, 31% go to him. That's, you know, nearing a third of their game is Luka Garza. That's crazy. So let's move on. I mean, your guys, that's their guy. And they have other guys, but that's their guy. Joe Toussaint, um, he is a freshman. Um, you know, percentage of minutes, he's getting 44%. So he's playing a decent amount, like fairly um, close to half. Not a very good shooter <clears throat> when it comes to the three-point shooting. Um, but he, you know, is top 150 in assist rate. He's a pretty solid little freshman for them as well. Um, you're going to hear his name called here and there. Joe Wieskamp. This is probably, in terms of like real talent, this is their... Second best player. This is probably their second best player, yeah. Um, uh, 37% basically from three. He can shoot it. Um, he doesn't turn the ball over very much. Um, and he's just kind of a... A good player, good finisher. Um, it's kind of, you know, at 6'6", 210, he's a pretty big wing, kind of like an Aaron Henry, and um, can shoot it. So that's a guy, you know, that's their second, you know, that's their number two guy. Uh, we talked about Frederick. We'll see about him. Um, Craner is one of their main guys being a senior, but honestly, don't think he's very good. Um, MSU has never had trouble with Ryan Creener ever, so let's hope that holds. Jordan Bohannon's out not playing season. this season. Um, he did try, but he's out, so really don't even have to worry. He about He might him. have been there. He would have been probably would have been their second best player if he was still playing. But if you want to get drunk, maybe drink every time they mention his name on the broadcast. Um, then we've got the coach's son, Connor McCaffrey. Now. He definitely gets a lot of play, but I don't think he's very good either. He's modest shooter, um, 31%. It's not great, but, you know, of course, he's going to hit like a three against MSU because, of course. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, really likes, you know, he kind of takes care of the ball. Um, he's nationally ranked on Ken Palm for turnover rate, but, you know, and he's kind of just kind of. Uh, he's a guy. Yeah, he's a guy that turns the ball over seldomly and gets some assists, a couple buckets here and there. Nothing special, but being the son of the coach, gets a lot of play. So, really, other than Bakari Evelyn... Cordell Pemsel has been... I swear to God, they've been there forever. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't get so much usage, but yeah, you might hear it because he's a junior... Bakari Evelyn's a senior. Um, Ken Baum says he plays... More than Tucson. Yeah, point guard the most. More than Tucson. Now, also not a great shooter. Doesn't, you know, really have any special numbers in any way. Um, is he their starter? 
Yeah, he started like the he's been he started. Uh, no, he's not their starter. Tucson has been starting for them. Okay, well you're gonna see they pretty much share the minutes fifty fifty in terms of point guard and uh, yeah those you know the point guards aren't really gonna hurt you. It's all about Luca Garza, Joe Wieskamp hitting you know extra buckets and the guys kind of helping in between. When you've got a big man down there who's dominating the conference and uses a third of your possessions, um, you know, you kind of use your guns. You, right. you go with that. Um, we can glance at the matchup. I think you're going to expect to see them hit some threes around feeding Luka Garza constantly. Yep. And that's what you should expect to see from Iowa. Now... If this game is in the 60s, this is a game MSU probably wins. It being in Breslin, uh, Ken Palm has this as a, what, six-point win for Michigan State. Oops. Um, Michigan State, I'll say this. If you consider some of their... I mean, they're pretty close. Michigan State's shooting almost 35%. Uh, from three, I was shooting just a little over thirty-five percent from three. Uh, look at these numbers; they're very close. Um, sorry, I'm just looking. This. Michigan State has a markedly better defense, and that is historically true. Yep. Um, the numbers say it. The eyeball, the eye test says it. Um, everything. Um, and that's their style, Iowa's, Iowa uh, basketball. They don't really... They don't, play de- they don't play defense. Not in the same way. They they have Garza, so they've been good inside, on the glass sort of thing. But um, that's where you're going to see Michigan State try to take their advantage, on the glass, um, and just stop them. You know, if they stop Garza, then they're, they're going to have some question marks, Iowa. Now, Michigan State has been really, really good against the best big men in the... Um, con- in the conference, I should say. Oturu, really, really... I mean, he um, got his, but he they, they won that game by like 20 points. Exactly, and he was frustrated. He yeah. probably took more shots than he would have liked. Um, help me out here. Because uh, I know there's... Well, I guess they did a... They didn't do very well against Purdue. Um, no. Um, Jalen Smith had... Decent game. He had a like decent game. He wasn't, he wasn't like outstanding, but he. Uh, What's the other big guy I'm missing that we faced? Not, I was gonna Reavers in one game was ter- was like. Oh, I'm thinking of Illinois. Oh, um, Coburn. Coburn, you know, non-factor against MSU, both showings, but also Turu. No matter what he did, and he got his, but like Ryan said, you know. They got blown out. Right. So, what does that mean? Um, they haven't had so much issue with the big men. That's probably due to the fact that they have Xavier Tillman um, down in there. Because I know it's not because of the four spot. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's experienced. He's athletic. Often undersized to them, but still, you know, plays great defense on these guys. And I think probably outworks them sometimes, you know, where they get exhausted and he's still sprinting them. And, I mean, let's be fair to Xavier, too. Um, dunks on some of them, you know, reboards over him. He's a beast, Xavier. He's very strong. 
you know, we think of him as this trusty guy in our team, but I'm sure other fan bases think of him as some sort of stud. I I would think, I would imagine at least. Um, they're not going to stop Garza. I I don't know what he's averaging per game, but it's in the 20s. Um, they don't have it on Ken Palm, but, um He can shoot the three. He could score inside. They gotta find a way to contain Garza, and I think they'll just because it's at home. They should win. Now, when it comes to the spread, what do you think? Uh, Six points. It said seven and a half for tomorrow. Oh yeah, we're we're gonna do um, Vegas. I would take Iowa to cover that. I think LSU is gonna win, but yeah, I think I probably would too. To be honest. Um. So, yeah, I mean, this is a good team. I was not ranked anymore, are they? They are still ranked, I believe. Really? Yes. I think they were like 18. Let's just see real quick. Um, I, believe, I believe they were ranked. I could be wrong. <sighs> well, this is all pointless because AP means nothing. Yeah. Yeah, they're just 18th. I was yeah, right. 18th. Yeah. Okay, so this is a ranked team and uh, would be a Q1 win. Um, a lot of things they're playing for, especially, you know, they don't want to lose another game. They can't on. lose another game if they want to win the Big Ten. We'll yeah, we'll get into that. Um, so I I really don't like picking against MSU at Breslin. It's pretty safe not to. <laughs> I do think that I was going to cover that, though. So. Yep, so do I. But Michigan State win, I would imagine they tend to do quite well against Fran McCaffrey's teams. Not always. But, yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, they're certainly capable of losing to Iowa, Michigan State. There's no doubt about that. Yep. There's going to be some great matchups out there. Wieskamp and Henry, I think, would probably be on each other. We'll see. Um, another thing I'll note is uh, Izzo was talking about in the press conference today that Cassius, he and Cassius watched the game against Iowa last year to sort of see the maybe the different types of things that he did to be successful against them. His, um, their offense tore Iowa to pieces in both matches. Uh, last season and it was all over it was the transition cut them apart it was inside outside I mean they had their way with Iowa and to top that off Michigan State's pretty good defensive team so those resulted in blowout wins wasn't quite the same Iowa team um, no Bohannon, no, uh, what was that really good guy they had last year? Uh, Moss, the guy that went to Kansas. Moss? No, no, but the other guy, he... Oh, Tyler Cook. Yeah, Cook. You know, a lot different of a look for Iowa now, especially when the centerpiece is Luka Garza, which I would have never guessed. He was always... He was a solid Solid player, guy, right? but now he's a bona fide stud, I right. guess. I mean, I haven't watched a lot of Iowa. I'm very excited to see this matchup, to be honest. Um... So, that's the Iowa game. Uh, we're going to go over to the Maryland game. We don't have to go so far into it. I think that, that last matchup is so fresh in our minds. Yeah. Let's see. Um, oh. Nope. That's not what I wanted.
Okay, now this is on the road. Um, Maryland's hosting Michigan State. Ken Palm has it as a three-point win for Maryland, which does not surprise me, seeing as they beat Michigan State in Breslin. And they're pretty much better in all the metrics in terms of uh, record and quality victories, that sort of thing. Maryland is number 10 on Ken Palm. We have seen them. Great defense. Very solid offense. Cowan played, uh, you know, great at the end of the game against Michigan State, you know, hitting those threes. There's, he was wide open. So, you know, a, a very solid senior point guard. And I shouldn't even just say solid. I mean, like, he's a... He's, he's, up for, he's second team Big Ten point guard for me, I think, right now. High in Cassius. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a senior as well. He's been through the gauntlet. Yep. Not a bad shooter. I mean, 35% from three on the year. And you leave him open, that's liable to happen to you. So, um, I think, you know, one thing is Ayala went off against Michigan State. Um He's been shooting the ball better lately. Right, I mean. and not any drove, and you know he had a great game. So, I think that was a pivotal point for them because really, without his play, Maryland probably would lose that game. Um, it's hard to say exactly, but you know if you see Ayala in this matchup, not really be able to hit it, not really make much of a um, impact on the game. That could be the difference, for real. But I guess when it comes down to this, the two teams know each other very, very um, recently just played. I'm sure they remember all the scouting. Um, Can Michigan State really bring it in what's sure to be a raucous crowd, I would imagine? Um, Giant game. I guess at this point, if Michigan State did beat Iowa, it's possible that they're still actually playing for something. We'll get into that. Do you really want to go through anything else on this Maryland matchup? I mean, having just seen them, you know, I think they the just lost. Are. They lost yesterday to Ohio State. So. Um, yeah, I did. I wasn't able to watch that game. Ohio State has been training up, but Maryland. I mean, MSU could have beaten them. Yeah, they, they were. Should they should have. Yeah, right there at the end. Um, you <laughs> close out the game like that. Let's see what, you know, maybe a, a Gabe Brown shows back up. Let's see if an Aaron Her- uh, Henry plays like he did. There's a lot, really, that could go either way in this one. It's so hard to to pick. I could see Michigan State coming out and doing what Maryland did to MSU, you know, just kind of like whooping them in the first half. All I right. could easily see that. And I could easily see the exact opposite. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's crazy with this team. Hard to say what's going to happen. Um, so, I guess before we move on to the talk about the Big Ten, what do you think about this game? Three points. I think, I think Maryland's going to cover it. I just, home game. Yeah. You know, I, I just don't have a good feeling about this game. Yeah, I'm going to take Maryland as well. I don't really see why you should pick Michigan State, but that being said, this one for me is like flip a coin, yeah. and your chances of picking are probably similar. Yeah, 
I think it's going to be a close game, but I think we're going to find a way to win. Home team already beat Michigan State. Michigan State hasn't proven to be amazing on the road, even though at this point I think maybe their road record is above 500. Let's see real quick. They haven't really beat anybody other than Seton Hall. I feel like they haven't really beaten anybody significant. Oh, they won at Illinois. That was a solid win. I thought this had road records. Maybe I was thinking of something else. They won at Seton Hall. One. One at Minnesota. Lost at Purdue. Lost at Indiana. Lost at Wisconsin. Lost at Michigan. They're five and four. So, you know, some people might go, oh, Nebraska and Northwestern don't even count, which you might have a valid point. You might have a point, <laughs> but I'm not going to sit here and, like, pick what's what. The record on the road for them five is five and four. Five and four. So they are an average road team, which we have been pretty much saying all along. Can they do it? This would be huge. Not only for, as we segue into the outlook on the Big Ten, not only for their very slim chances at maybe sharing a conference title, but um, I think, you know, it's it's about to be March for their confidence, for feeling like they can beat legit teams. Because a lot of people have been saying Maryland's right there for a Final Four team could win it all. Yep. If MSU can go into their home court and beat them, I think that's a confidence boost. I think it tells you, like, you know, we play like this. We could, we could do this. We could no play, doubt. beat the people that are on the other side of the court. Yep. Um. So. I am going to say it's going to be a one in one week though. Um, winning on their home court, losing on the road. I'd have to agree with that. Now, if it flips somehow and it's the opposite, they would lose to Iowa but beat Maryland, which would. Be par for the season. Um, wouldn't surprise me, but at any rate, would be surprised if it were 0-2 or 2-0. I think this is a 1-1 week written all over it. So, we'll see. We'll see. Um, anything else you want to say about that? Okay, let's go into the general outlook of the Big Ten. So, I want to... Pull up the Big Ten rankings. Let's see if there's an easier place you can tell me. Here we go. There we go. Okay. So, how about you break this down first, Ryan? All right. Maryland's up in alone in first place by two games on MSU, Iowa, Penn State, and Wisconsin. Two and a half on Illinois, and then it's a huge cluster from then on down. So, Maryland upcoming schedule is actually pretty tough. Um, they play. I I don't think they play a game before us. They might. I might be wrong. They go to uh, they go to Minnesota uh, on Tuesday, I believe, and then come. Uh, then MSU goes there, and then they play at Rutgers and have Michigan at home. So what needs to happen is MSU needs to win the rest of their games, which honestly, which is doable, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it'll happen, but they can, they can definitely do it. And 
Maryland needs to lose at least two of these games. So I think that well, they need to, one of those losses needs to be an MSU, obviously. So if they, I could see them losing to Minnesota on Tuesday, or I could see them losing to Rutgers uh, the next week at Rutgers. I think they would beat Michigan at home, but crazier things have happened. Uh, so basically, it's just a cluster. You know, you got Penn State sitting there too. Even Wisconsin sitting there. I don't think they're going to be a factor down the stretch. Um, let me find Penn State's schedule, bring it up. Okay, so Penn State's upcoming schedule. They have Rutgers at home. Wow, at Iowa, MSU at home, and at Northwestern. So, wouldn't be surprised to see them lose two games. Uh, probably the at Iowa and maybe the game at home against MSU. And like I said, I just don't see a team like Wisconsin being a being a factor in this at all. I I just don't think they're that good. Honestly, um, but I'll bring up their schedule anyways. Probably went to the game again, didn't it? Yep. Uh, Wisconsin's upcoming schedule is go to Michigan, Minnesota. Their schedule isn't that tough. Uh, have Minnesota at home at uh, home against Northwestern and go to Indiana. So I, I mean, I see them going two and two in that. So I think they're. I don't see them being a factor. So basically, what MS, what needs to happen is MSU needs to win out and Maryland needs to lose two games, and one of them needs to beat MSU, which is more than doable. So keep an eye out for that, it's, especially if MSU is able to win on Tuesday against Iowa. So now we are gonna make our picks. Four games this week against the spread. Again, there's two of these are Vegas spreads. The rest are Ken Palm. So, Tim, uh, Illinois is at home against Nebraska. Who you got? And Illinois is favored by 13 and a half. Ah, I think Nebraska might have just lost their will to live. And Illinois, again, they want to win their... They're on one of their best seasons in years. Yep. They want to win every game they can get. I think they're yeah. gonna pour it on Nebraska. Yeah. Every give every given opportunity, they're gonna try to increase this lead. So. I'd have to agree with you. And Dunsumu was back. He played in their last game, so I'm gonna take Illinois to cover this spread as well. Okay. We talked about MSU and Iowa. We are both taking Iowa, right? Yes. Penn State hosting Rutgers. Penn right. State six point favorite. I'll take Penn State to cover that. I will as well. I think maybe just Rutgers might be trending down. They are. Right they now. definitely seem to be. I think they're going to make the tournament, but it's not going to be as easy as they thought it would be earlier as as it was earlier on. Minnesota favored by one at home against Maryland. I'm going to take Maryland to cover that and win. Yeah, same. And we even double-checked this one. We were, may, had to make sure that was real. Um, 
Minnesota favorite over Maryland? I don't know. Minnesota's been take, playing bad lately. Just so. going to take Maryland yeah. because um, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Michigan, a seven-point favorite at home against Wisconsin. I'm going to take Michigan to cover that spread. They've been playing really well lately, and like I said, I don't think Wisconsin is that great. So, Yeah, I'm going to take Wisconsin just for a little bit of difference, but also... Um, and, uh, Michigan's on a winning streak. Those things end. And, you know, Wisconsin's a reasonably good team. I, This is Wisconsin plus seven, right? I yes. I don't think Wisconsin's going to win necessarily. I think they could make a cover that spread. Yeah. There. You went to... <laughs> Okay, Purdue hosting the Hoosiers, and this is a rivalry. I'm going to take Indiana to cover that because they got smoked at home by Purdue, and Purdue has been just god-awful lately. Yeah, I'm taking Indiana too. I don't know, just kind of a rivalry thing, and you're giving one of the rivals five points. Yeah. Purdue, I don't know. They're, not, they're playing terrible. They've been terrible yeah, lately. It's weird. Okay, Northwestern hosting the Illini. I'm going to take Illinois to cover that spread. Illinois. Spread is minus six on Ken Palm. I will also take them to cover six. Nebraska hosting Ohio State. Ten point favorites are the Buckeyes. I'm going to take Ohio State to cover that. I think, like you said, Nebraska's done. Yep. I will do it for the same reason. All right, Maryland and MSU. We talked about Both this. Both picked Maryland to cover that. Yeah, I was trying to think of. Yeah, I definitely pick man. Okay. Iowa is favored by three at home against Penn State. I will take Iowa to cover that. Hmm. I take Penn State, and that is just simply to be different. <laughs> that one's hard. That's a hard one. Okay, Illinois hosting the Hoosiers. Illinois is a four-point favorite. I'm going to take... I'm going to take IU to cover that, actually. I like the Illini at home. Ohio State, favored by three at home against Michigan. I will take OSU to cover that. I think Michigan finally loses a game. I'm going to take Michigan. Um, They've been playing better. And I guess I don't even think they're going to win necessarily. Just maybe cover. Close game, rivalry game. And I also do think they could win. Yeah. So, okay, Nebraska versus Northwestern. Now, this is the matchup we've all been waiting for. <laughs> um, seriously. I mean, this is... This is much-watched. The must watch stuff. Much, uh, must-watch TV right here. Um, yeah. And I mean, in a serious note, if you think that teams like Nebraska that are on 11-game losing streaks, now, it'll be different when this game comes up, but... Do you think that they haven't circled the Northwestern game on their schedule being a game that they actually could win, that they should win, they probably feel? Um, This is like a mini championship for these two teams. Seriously. And there's going to be gut, you know, everything out there on the floor. It's going to be some competitive basketball. And you know what? Those guys are all better than you at basketball. Oh, yeah. So... Don't hate. Appreciate. 
Um, I like Nebraska's coach better, and Nebraska's the home team. I do. I like Nebraska as a team over that, too. So, <laughs> I have no idea who wins. Um, Northwestern could easily win, but I'm just going off of that. Yep, I got Nebraska, too. All right, final game of the week. Wisconsin, four-point favorites against the Golden Gophers, and they are hosting Wisconsin. I'm going to take Wisconsin to cover that. Same. Minnesota has not been playing very well. Nope. Wow, we have almost the same exact picks. (sighs) Okay. Well, I don't know if we mentioned last week, um, I had a modestly good week, eight and four. Ryan went six and six. Not digging yourself a deeper hole. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am now 39, 32, and four, and Ryan is still just under at 34, 37, and four. Um, and, uh, you know, the week, uh, Big Ten schedule is coming to a close. Your window of opportunity is getting smaller and smaller, but it would be cool for us to both finish above 500. Yep. Um, just for sort of fun's sake. Um, did you have anything else when it comes to football, basketball, anything? You know, let me ask. I, I would expect the rest of the coaching staff to be hired by the end of next week. Um, I don't. I, I don't know who they're. I have no idea who they're going to hire to fill the last two spots. Uh, it's defensive coordinator and special teams. So uh, just keep an eye out for that. Uh, I don't know when the dead period ends. I'm going to have to I, – I, I haven't been paying much attention to recruiting the last couple of years. It's just been bad, but now I guess I'm interested in it. So I'll just take a look and see when it ends, and I'll update it next week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, oh, the spring game was announced that it will be April 18th. Spring practice starts on St. Patrick's Day. So – more football stuff will be coming in the spring for sure. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. I, Tim, you got anything else you want to add? Well, I wanted to ask you one thing. Um, wh- how do you feel with March around the corner in playoff basketball in quotations? Um, how do you feel about this team? Like, where are you? You give, give me give, get out of the first weekend. Kind of at this point is how I feel. That, I mean, if they can win both games this week, I'll change my thoughts on it probably. But yeah, right now, just get 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 out of the first weekend. I think is should be. I yeah, this week is pivotal. Um, one and one would just kind of give you exactly what you're expecting, like the same old you know inconsistent. Sweet sixteen, I think, especially coming in. Preseason number one, it would make you feel like a little bit better. Um, I'm going to reserve my judgments, honestly, up until Selection Sunday. Because it it's not always true, but it does turn out that the teams that like win the Big Ten tournament, they often are the ones that are... Make a run. Make a run, or tend to be quite successful in the tournament relative to the rest of the Big Ten teams. If you fizzle out in the Big Ten tournament, it's not really a great sign, um, usually. Now, this is a very crazy conference this year. It's possible that Big Ten being so strong, um, the Big Ten teams will just do awesome in 
the NCAA tournament because they've been battle tested all season. You know, you could see that, or they could be worn out. It's hard to really know, but if you see MSU get a little bit hot, make a run in the Big Ten tournament, possibly even win, that's when I I start to think a lot differently. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, I've been a fan long enough to know, like the when it doesn't seem like that's the case. And this year does is one of those. It doesn't seem like a year where they went out, as we all say. Oh, they just went out, you know. Or they win the Big Ten tournament. Um, it's not impossible. And this coaching staff, Who knows? you know, with the pieces they have, they could get it right. But, um, yeah, I think maybe I think they'll win a game or two in the Big Ten tournament and then it's possible they make a Sweet 16. Yeah. yeah. At I, this juncture. That, I think that's a reasonable ex, uh, expectation at this moment. Like I said, it could right. change. At this you know. moment. Um, and so I guess really what it comes down to is just two more home games for Cassius Winston. And it it comes at you fast, huh? They, I mean, very shortly will be his last game at Breslin ever. That's... That's a, hard one. That's a hard one for me to... Yeah, it's crazy. Hard to believe. Uh, so, yeah, just cherish it, as the meme goes. But, seriously, um, I'm pretty sure you're going to miss him next year. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's all you have, Ryan. I think that's everything. All right, go green. Go white.